the Indianapolis Colts are going to win the AFC South, and I'm going to tell you why. Shaden Sharp worked out for the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to tell you why that is likely not too very important, although it could be. We're going to talk about some other stuff, certainly. Uh, tomorrow, the final pre-draft workout for the Indiana Pacers, Ryan Carr is going to talk, and that should be pretty interesting. It always is, as we try to figure out what the Pacers are going to do at number six and whether they're going to stick around at number six or whether they're going to move pieces in order to enhance their draft stock. We're going to talk about that, too. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Monday, June 20th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got a problem, they got a solution. This is the way it works in plumbing. It's all about fixing problems, having the know-how, and having the tactical ability to do it. Jared Johnson is the best at it. Give him a call. 765-610-8809. Smash that subscribe button, ring the like, and, and ring the bell, and let's go. Let's talk sports. And if, if you think of it, it's always wonderful to make a donation. Just hit the thanks button down there uh, underneath the screen. And you can take care of that very quickly and easily. So let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and why they're going to win the AFC South. And I'm going to tell you why. Because at the most important positions on the offensive side of the ball, the Colts are just flat out better than anybody else in the division. We'll go through it. There are five positions of real importance on the field for NFL offenses. And as you rank them, you see how good the Indianapolis Colts could possibly be. Now, we can talk about defense, but you win divisions with offense. In the playoffs, you got to be multidimensional. you got to be able to stop people as well as score the football. But to win the division, you've got to be able to... Thank you very much, the Don 534. You've got to be able to... we got frogs. What you going to do? Um, you've got to be able to move the football, and you've got to be able to score the football. And if you can do that, you can go to the playoffs. Like I said, to move on in the playoffs, you've got to be able to stop people. And hopefully the Colts can get that done. Instead of bulking up turnover numbers against doormats, you've got to be able to stop the good teams. We'll see if the Colts can do it. All right, let's talk about quarterback. The Colts have the best quarterback in the AFC South. Matt Ryan is the best quarterback, no argument, in the AFC South. He is better than Ryan Tannehill. He is better than Trevor Lawrence, and he's certainly better than Davis Mills. The uh, the rankings beneath Matt Ryan, I'm going to go with Lawrence ahead of Tannehill because I think that Lawrence is going to take a major step up in class. In fact, it would not surprise me. Thank you very much, Isaiah. I appreciate it. Yeah, you do have to push a ball down the field, and this offense for the Colts is going to be better at that. Um I've got Lawrence ahead of Tannehill, and I wouldn't doubt that the Jaguars are going to finish ahead of the Titans. I think the Titans have taken a step back, and I think the Jaguars are ready to take a major step up. They've upgraded the offensive line. They've upgraded on the defensive side of the ball, certainly through the draft. And then, like I said, Lawrence is is going to be significantly better this year than he was last year. So I've got it. Ryan Lawrence, Tannehill, and Mills. At running back, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL, so guess what? He's the best running back in the AFC South, and if Titans fans don't like it, that's just too bad because there is no... You hit 50 miles an hour north of Walnut today. Good. 
Another 40 miles an hour is going to get you arrested, as we found out from Xavier Johnson. At any rate, Derrick Henry is no longer the beast of the AFC South or the beast of the NFL. I know two years ago, he put up 2,000 yards. And that's something. That was something two years ago. But I'm telling you that the comparison, you can compare, I believe, and this is heresy to Chicago Bears fans, but I watched almost every carry Walter Payton had as a running back for the Bears. And Jonathan Taylor has got sweetness in it. And that's a good thing. And the guy that I think is very, very similar to Derrick Henry is Gerald Riggs. Gerald Riggs was really good for a couple of years. Back in 84 and 85 for the Falcons, he might have been the best running back in the NFL, not named Eric Dickerson. Certainly statistically better than Sweetness, but that didn't make him better than Sweetness. I think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL right now. He is the fastest running back in the NFL. I think he's one of the most durable running backs in the NFL, and he is one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL. That elevates him ahead of Derrick Henry. Now, behind Derrick Henry at number two, you got Travis Etienne, and you got Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, according to ESPN's depth chart, is going to be the starting running back for the Houston Texans. God bless him. He is a really nice guy, and I hope he does exceptionally well. But him being the starting quarterback for the Texans says more about the Texans than it does about Marlon Mack. At wide receiver one, not talking about two, not talking about three, wide receiver one. I got Michael Pittman number one, although you can make an argument for other guys in the division like Brandon Cooks of the Texans, who I've got number two, Christian Kirk of the Jaguars, who I've got number three, and then Robert Woods of the Titans, I've got number four. He's coming off that ACL. He's not a true number one. He's good. He's that that, that team. You got some uh, you got some issues without having AJ Brown. There's a, a target for Ryan Tannehill. I think the Colts lead in all three of those positions. I rank their guys one, one, and one at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Now at left tackle, it's a different story. I don't know what Matt Pryor is going to be, so I got him ranked fourth. And I don't know whether Bernard Ryman is going to be able to play. I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, I've got Cam Robinson, number one, Taylor Luan, number two, Laramie Tunsil, number three. Those are three pretty good left tackles in the National Football League. Tight end, I got Austin Hooper, number one, kind of based on his past when he was with the Atlanta Falcons catching balls from Matt Ryan. He was pretty damn good. Now, the last two years for the Browns, he hadn't been altogether that good. But I think that he's got a chance with the Titans and Ryan Tannehill to have a bounce-back season, so I've ranked him number one. Mo Cox, I've got ranked number two, but i got to tell you the truth. One through four in this division, you could draw out of a hat. You've got Evan Ingram with the Jaguars, not too bad with the Giants, not with the Jaguars, and you've got Brevin Jordan. High draft pick, but I don't know whether he can play. We're going to see. Um, you add all those rankings together. The Colts post a nine. So, for instance, one, one, and one, quarterback, running back, wide receiver for the Colts hits three. Then Matt Pryor throws four on top of that to get to seven. Mo Ali Cox ranked second among tight ends. That takes you to number nine, right? A total of nine. The Titans, 12. Jaguars, 12. And then the Texans, 17. Texans, Boy, do they suck. It, it, the Colts have got to beat the Texans in week one.
have to win an opener for the first time since 2013 in order to win their first AFC South crown since 2014. Must win that game. And here's the problem with that game. Week 8, if you play the Texans for the first time, their season's over. They're probably 2-5 and five at best going into Week 8, and they know they suck. But when you play a terrible team in the opener, they don't know they're terrible yet. And they don't play like a terrible team that's trying to limp their way to the end of the season before the players can go someplace else and make a living. They believe that what they saw in camp is reflective of enhanced quality, quality that doesn't exist. And so posting an upset week one is sometimes really, or posting an, an upset is likely in week one. We remember what happened with the Jaguars a couple of years ago, uh, Colts. Uh, Gardner Minshew looked like Joe Montani, who was like 19 for 20 in the opener. Colts have got to find a way to win that game. Now, what are reasonable expectations for the Colts? Winning the AFC South is a reasonable expectation, and if it doesn't, get, if that doesn't get done, things have got to happen, right? You got to take a hard look at Frank Reich. I don't care about injuries. Injuries happen to every team. You got to take a hard look at Frank Reich if they don't win the AFC South this year. You just do. If they win away, if they get to a wild card, but I don't think you're going to get a wild card out of the AFC South. The AFC West is just that strong. Uh, it's a weak-ass division. It's terrible. And and really, given the upgrades that Matt Ryan, Stephon Gilmore, Yannick Ngakwe, and Gus Bradley represent, this team should be able to win the AFC South. Now, winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl, a little bit tougher because you've got to do that over the top of the Bills and the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Bengals. And I don't think the Bengals are going to be that big a deal. I think the Bengals are going to fall off. But the Bills, Chiefs, and Chargers have a chance to be really, really good. Now, the good thing is only the either the Chiefs or the Chargers or, hell, the Broncos or uh, um, who am I missing in the uh, in uh, the Raiders, right? Only one of them can win the AFC West, and that's a good thing. But I think you might you might even have three wild cards out of the, out of the AFC West. I don't know. But it's going to be a fascinating year going to be a fascinating season for the Indianapolis Colts. I can't wait to see it. September 11th can't come too quickly for me. Uh, and by the way, uh, September 11th, of course, has another meaning, right? That's a big day in the history of, of the United States of America. 21 years it will have been since 9-11. That's unfathomable. Nobody in college is going to have any residue of a memory of 9-11. Incredible. Uh, Ryan Carr is going to speak to the media, like I said, tomorrow. We had Shaden Sharp in workout today. Also, Jake LaRavia and uh, Aaron Thompson as well from Butler. Uh, Shaden Sharp, I got to tell you, asking him questions and getting responses, it wasn't a bad time. He, he was better doing this than he was on the Zoom call uh, that he did, I think, with Portland. But this this didn't do anything to allay my fears about drafting him. Does he, can he shoot? Like I, and I posted what we got to see as part of the workout, what we saw of him shooting and working with the basketball. Now, sometimes he, he, he bobbled uh, a handle. But man, shooting, 
There's Jay Edwards in that kit. He's got a Jay Edwards-like soft, feathery soft contact with the rim. It's really kind of unbelievable. He, why people think that he's got a chance to be a star in the NBA was absolutely apparent in watching him shoot the basketball. But talking to him left you wondering how much of his life has been spent trying to get to the NBA rather than try to succeed in it or have winning as a component of his priorities. That was a big deal for me. So uh, on this uh, on my YouTube channel, Kent Sterling, it's all you have to put that up in the search field. Boom, there it is. Posted it early today before one o'clock. Workout was at eleven fifteen. We posted everything by one o'clock. We turned stuff around like this here. It's unbelievable. So efficient. Um, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And I asked him, I don't know, five or six questions. And listening to the answer, I was like, hmm. Uh, if you could take what Shaden Sharp has physically and his shot and have that be, uh, have A.J. Griffin, his attitude, you got Michael Jordan, I think. Yeah, you have a generation, true generational talent. Um, Sham Sharania of The Athletic is reporting that there is, uh, that the Pacers are kind of out there shopping Miles Turner and that the Wizards and the Knicks have interest in him, and uh, that, uh, is, is it, wait a second, no, the Knicks and Wizards have interest in Brogdon, Hornets, of course, have interest in Miles Turner, of course they do, they, they've either been trying, somebody's trying to link the Hornets and the Pacers, and this has been going on for years, uh, but if you can get the Hornets to part with 13 for Turner, you got, uh, yeah, obviously, you get the 13th. The Knicks and the Wizards, the Wizards have number 10. The Knicks have number 11. So maybe you can jar loose a late lottery draft pick or two in dealing these veterans, create some cap space as well, or you got to take contracts. I don't know how that all is going to kind of work out. But if you can get kind of multiple lottery picks, Pacers could do some damage in this draft. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be, a, we got about 78 hours right now, 70, actually 75 hours until the draft. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic to see what Pritchard's able to do. Because when Kevin Pritchard is aggressive, he's psychotic compared to other general managers. He will get deals done. Bop, bop, bop. You know, when he's conservative, he really tends to be pretty conservative. But we'll see what happens. Are they going to stay at six? Is Shaden Sharp going to require them to move up? I don't think Shaden Sharp is, like, in their crosshairs. I think Jaden Ivey's in their crosshairs. I think they want Ivey, and I think they're going to look at a way to get that done. Uh, the top three, where you've got Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren and Paolo Boncaro, I think those three, in some order or another, that's going to stand. And then Ivey may go four, he may go five. Y you got guys in this thing, including Shaden Sharp. And watching him shoot, you just kind of fall in love. But then you listen to him, and you think, I'm not so much in love. We'll see what happens Thursday night. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting, and that news is just going to keep... All of a sudden, again, I'm watching uh, for Woj Bombs, and uh, what do you call when Shams uh, tweets on the Sham Bomb, 
I don't know, ShamWow? Call it a ShamWow. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. I can't wait. But go back and, and listen and see what you think about Shaden Sharp. I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. To all of you who donated, I appreciate it. And uh, tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, we're going to go...